Are you underutilizing one of the most powerful restaurant marketing tools on the planet? What do 92 million monthly Yelp searchers see when they land on your page? Is your content accurate and attention grabbing? Are you using every conversion tool possible to set yourself apart? Yelp is here to help. Go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash profile to sign up for a one-on-one with a specialist that will review your Yelp page and share tips to help you stand out. Again, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash profile to supercharge your Yelp page today. Welcome to Restaurant Marketing School. I'm Josh Kopel, a Michelin-rated restaurateur. Together with the team from Restaurantopia, we're unpacking the tools and tactics used by million-dollar marketing agencies to help you grow your restaurant. Join us daily to get a marketing tip you can use in your restaurant today. Today, we're talking about menu engineering. What do you want to be known for? Yeah, this is a great topic. And Josh, I'm going to, for the sake of pulling behind the curtain a little bit, I kind of want to pull the curtain out a little bit here on this one. I never really thought about menu engineering from a marketing standpoint until you proposed this question when we were trading show notes. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is brilliant. So thank you for that. You led me down an amazing trail. So right off the top, menu engineering to me is two things. There's a psychological aspect, and then there's a nuts and bolts arithmetic aspect. First of all, the arithmetic aspect. So this is actually where you take every dish. It's got to be costed out, which I know is painful. Costing out your menu sucks. I get it, but you got to do it, right? And you cost out your menu, and you throw it through a spreadsheet that are pre-designed. There's a million templates out there. We can throw it in the show notes for anybody interested out there. But essentially, it generates four quadrants based on popularity, because you got to have your sales mix behind it, and profitability. And the four quadrants are dog, puzzle, plow, horse, star, right? And we've all heard this across many industries. It's not just ours, right? In fact, we did a Topia podcast on this exact same thing, just so operators know exactly what dishes are contributing to their menu and their margin. So the dogs, obviously, are the worst. You want to get rid of those. The puzzles are kind of like they're high in profitability, but they're maybe not so popular, right? And then you have the plow horse, which is semi-good in both areas. So this is your cheeseburger that's paying the bills. It's really the workhorse of the thing. And then you have your star, which is both high profit and high popularity, right? So again, you got to have your menu costed out, understand the contribution margin and the popularity, plug it into a spreadsheet. It spits all this information out. You want to keep all your menu items in the star category, period. But when you put this marketing spin on there, I started realizing like, my God, like every restaurant has that signature dish. I know what people come to my restaurant for. It's that corned beef sandwich or it's that two foot of tuna salad that we always talk about. It's one of those things, right? You don't understand. Two and a half feet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brian's new to the restaurant business. Our first episode, he's like, how do you buy tuna? Is it by the foot or what did this? (laughs) I don't know if he was joking or not. I don't care. We leave it. We still buy fish by the feet at Restaurantopia. (laughs) So whatever that dish is, you have to be damn sure that it's a star, right? Because you're going to be selling the most of it. So you've got to make sure it's profitable. And sometimes it's not as easy as just raising the prices implicitly. Like you really have to do some analytics behind it and find out what you can get away with. And that to me, when you put this, what do you want to be known for? It's like, dang, okay. So I know my signature. I got to make it a star and I put it out there. It's profitable and it's popular. So not only the guests happy, I'm happy. And that's obviously my signature. Everybody wins in that scenario. So I love that aspect of it. But that to me is maybe the most powerful analytical menu piece that an independent restaurant can do because there's zero emotion in this. It's all data based. So data doesn't lie, right? But we lie to ourselves because I'll tell you what, like my grandpa's meatballs are really, really good. 
At least I think so. You guys might think they suck because Brian's grandma makes better meatballs, right? So I have this emotional attachment to these dishes and I pass things through an emotional filter. But this spreadsheet takes all the emotion out of it. And now it can be truly analytical like my corporate competition. The second part is a psychological aspect. And that's the menu placement. And again, when you talk about what do you want to be known for, you got to place your stuff. And there's all sorts of theories out there, but you got to place your stuff in the most popular place that people look. Now, traditionally, it depends on what format your menu is. But on a one pager, that's typically the top center from what I understand. So you put that two foot of tuna salad sandwich, top center, big freaking star around it. If you got like some fireworks that can shoot out of your menu, whatever the case may be, you draw all the attention to that dish by the menu placement. And essentially that's menu engineering from both the psychological and arithmetic aspect. I happen to love this exercise. It can be painstaking. It can be a little bit of, as Brian says, block and tackle, but the results speak for themselves. And you're so much more intellectually positioned to drive good business at good contribution margin and you're feeding the popularity of the dish. Again, everybody wins. Well, let's take this conversation really high level and let's start talking about brand reputation because your brand reputation isn't what you tell other people you are. It's what other people say about your brand and your business. And so- Great marketing is you telling them what you want them to say to other people. So when they say you've got to go to Prue and Proper, you can control the next words that come out of their mouth. They have the best fried chicken in the city. They have the best beef rib in the city. Through salesmanship and through the way you've engineered your menu, you can direct that traffic and that attention exactly where you want it to go. And that's the strategic advantage. And to Anthony's meatball example, I would look at the data, study the data, because if you have bad meatballs and people are getting that, that's going to change their perception of your restaurant. It doesn't matter if the meatballs are good or not. If people aren't buying them, it shouldn't be on the menu. And that's the plague of the local independent restaurateur of the emotions of the items. Here's the problem with that is meatballs are delicious, right? I think everybody agrees here that meatballs are amazing. My grandpa happened to make really amazing meatballs. His name is Gino Savillo. Of course, he made great meatballs, right? But the fact is, I think they're amazing. And you see them on the menu and you say, oh my God, I love meatballs. And this has an Italian name. I'm going to get these. Turns out the meatballs are shit. So what happens is you're attracted to this popular item and the product's not good. And then people come in, they keep order. It's a popular item that tastes bad. That's the worst thing you could do. The other thing that I would add to this is salesmanship is an essential element of menu engineering. The menu is a sales tool. So whether it's a cashier standing at the cash register or it's a server at a table, they need to be able to hold that menu and present the information in a way that compels people to engage with your restaurant in the way you want them to engage with it, right? So you decide in your mind, what is a perfect experience at my restaurant? For me, that was two beverages, a bottle of water, an appetizer, two entrees, and dessert. Now, does my menu, is it engineered in a way to execute that, right? And so how do we do it in fine dining? The way we do it in fine dining is we say the chef recommends that you pick one dish from each section and two from this one and make sure you save room for dessert. Tonight we have blah, blah, blah. Like there's salesmanship involved. But again, there's that tangible tool, which is the menu. In a fast food or fast casual, it's going to come down to pairings and combos and presenting that information in a way that makes it really easy for someone to engage with that menu and dine with you in the way that you had initially intended. No, and I love how you describe like what's the perfect order? What's the dream? And then you just got to put the roadmap to get there. It gives that server and it goes to training and how you train that server up what they're doing. But the menu is a sales tool. It's like in any other industry, it'd be like a sales slick. What are you showing 
what are you pointing to? What are you directing the customer's eye to? And, and what are you directing their order to ultimately? Right. If you're not a ghost kitchen, you're focused on experience. You open that restaurant regardless of tier of dining. You opened it to provide an experience. So clearly define that. It's an exercise called the perfect check where you say, this is the per customer average I'm trying to hit financially. And then on the flip side of that, these are the items they need to purchase to get there that creates an ideal scenario for my customer that they're engaging with us in the way that we want to be engaged with. You're blowing my mind. We're all writing down the perfect check. Yeah, I just, because that I mean, is, I'm that stealing is, that, that, right? Is no, no, that's absolutely if, if you're in your it. car right now, pull over and write this down because <laughs> this is going to generate money for you. I spent 15 years saying sell more. Yeah. <laughs> right? And really just, specific. That was it, right? I need you guys to sell more shit. It's like a target in the dark. And it doesn't work. But when you say, this is what a perfect experience looks like in this restaurant. These are the individual elements. And here's the menu that has been crafted to help you achieve this very specific result. They knock it out of the park every time. And you can go into the back end in your POS and you can track that perfect check. Yeah. And why can't you have like a World Wrestling Federation belt for the person that sells the most perfect checks in a month? And they're doing this. I would wear that every single day. Train them. Go back to training and give them the tools. I know you talk about this on your podcast all the time, Josh, and I love it because you're out in LA. This is the person's part-time job or they got a photo shoot at four o'clock, so they got to stop or their real jobs are going to be an actor. Like, well, no, no. Tonight, you're working here. So like, what are the tools that you need to give them to make them successful? Thanks, Josh. That is awesome. If you want to hear previous episodes or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash marketing school. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. I'm Josh Kopel, and you've been listening to Restaurant Marketing School. <laughs>